Hello and welcome to Yachting Yarns. In this episode, I talk with Jackie Parry. Jackie and her husband, Noel, are keen sailors who've circumnavigated the world more than once. She has also taken on several challenging yacht races and is now very involved in teaching yachting skills to new sailors. I started by asking Jackie how she found her love for sailing. My husband's to blame for that. No, he, um, we got together and I drove away from England and we both had a sort of a, a bit of a time with life, you know, as we all do at some point. And I had this thing, I just want to be free. I want to do something different. And he said, the closest thing to freedom I know is on a boat. And I went, oh, well, let's do that then. You know, I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea there was this cruising fraternity. And Noel had a lot of experience on boats a few years before meeting me. And so we just sort of went off and bought a boat. And I went, oh, crikey, this is a bit different. That's a bit random. (laughs) Well, it was. I was in a bit of an odd place because I'd actually, I was 26 and my fiancé, got leukemia and, and died and oh. really, yeah, turned my world upside down, you know, in, in Hertfordshire in England. And I just went back to work eventually and I went, well, you know what, that could happen to me. Why, you know, if it happened to him, it might happen to me. So I'm just going to go. And I needed to get as far away as I could. So I, I went to Australia and I met and married Noel within a few months Got him a flat and brand new car. Put my career. Had a great job. Um, Doing what? What was your What was your career? I was an uh, events coordinator, um, and I did for a big mobile phone company, sort of all over the world, so for the sales channel, so incentive programs, and um, it was a great job. Um, and I had everything, you know, a new flat, a new car, you know, money and everything, and it just meant nothing to me after Martin passed away and sort of going through the months of agony or, or watching him go through the months of agony. And um, so I just ran away. My counsellor said, whatever you do, don't run away. You have to face this. So I ran away. And <laughs> you got to do what you I think just, you've got to do. You've got to follow your own your own thoughts. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I met Noel. He'd just finished a 10-year relationship. So he was, uh, you know, in a similar place of a, a loss. And we just met and hit it off and, you know, just went, oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but right now I want to be with you and a boat sounds a good idea, so off we go. Lovely. What sort of boat? What was your first boat? So she was a 33-foot cutter rig sloop, which was just one mast, very simple timber boat and um, canoe stern, for those interested. And she looked after us, very sturdy, heavy not fast but heavy boat and out of all our boats she's my favorite she she looked after us you know if we got in wild weather you know the boat was almost going yeehaw and sort of making us feel comfortable she was uh, easy to manage small and a nice home we we went around the planet on that boat took us up to about nine years um that was a stop in the uk for two years to catch up with my family and to earn some money because we needed to earn money and I apart from that I I earned money along the way I sort of got into writing which has been a, a love of mine all my life I actually managed to start getting published and write about our journeys 
And, um, yeah, so we had this massive, great adventure together for nine years of around the world, and we included in that a year in America doing the Great Loop, which is the inland waterways of America and, and part of Canada. What's the, what's the Great Loop? Tell me about the Great Loop. The Great Loop. So I won't be able to give you the official blurb off the top of my head, but it runs up the eastern seaboard from sort of Miami to New York. We went. There's a couple of other routes. You can, I think you can go further north from there, but that's what we went. So that's inland waterways, sort of not in the ocean, protected waters, so you're motoring. And then we turned into New York of all places, which was pretty extraordinary. And then sort of headed west uh, towards the Great Lakes. Um, and that's where we had our mast down because then we start encountering bridges, I think. And so the bridges and locks all through the Great Lakes, which was exciting without a mast. And you know, Chicago, Ohio, Alabama, the Mississippi, um, back into the Gulf of Mexico. I didn't know you could you could boat through America. Not greatly known, probably more in America. It was a we'd we'd got into Puerto Rico and we met this old sailor who was his nineties and, and refurbishing a boat. Extraordinary character, and we were sort of saying, "Oh, do we head, you know, south through the Panama Canal and back home and start working because we're running out of money." Or do we head north and do this great loop? And he said, for goodness sakes, you're here. When are you ever going to be here again? Why don't you take the opportunity? And, and we did. And I thank him for that endlessly. And it was, a, it was an extraordinary year. Americans are wonderful people. We had so much help and support along the way and, and friendships. It was, it was just a fantastic journey. You were saying bridges are a problem. Yeah, so if you're on a sailboat, you're going to start coming up to bridges so sort of when we left Miami you're you're inland water so we still had the mast up so it starts off with bridges opening and that that's okay you get bridges to open and I think from memory once we sort of get yeah, and it must have been once we've got to New York um you have to if you're going to continue you have to take that mast down because the bridge is no longer open so you have to and you, there's not the like the charts that we have for sailing the big nautical charts with all the information on you just sort of get this book with a line on it and you follow that and you hope you don't run aground oh, goodness <laughs> well because they're rivers you're in now aren't they some of them are rivers they're sort of canals so that some have sort of been made dug out and some are natural channels and rivers uh, obviously the mississippi was pretty amazing that we only did 200 nautical miles of that but geez that race it's that's that's as you're trying to come off that from anchorage at night you sort of got to turn you know several meters before the actual turn because you sort of slip side was so much it's quite... so you decide you're going to go down the mississippi with all the paddle wheelers yeah so that's part of the great loop there's several different um ways to go but the way we chose was ending up from Chicago, the Sanitary Canal, um, Ohio. If you do a Google of the Great Loop, you can see all the the different ways of doing it. And we wanted to do that because that was the actual loop. So from Miami, north and then west and then south back into the Gulf of Mexico. So it's like a big, big circle. So you literally were pulling up in Chicago. One of my favourite photos is in Chicago, we went straight through the middle of it, and there's a photo of Noel at the helm. We have our mast down at the bow, taking a picture, and we're sort of going under this bridge through this canal, and there's Chicago just around us. It's 
just spectacular. I just just loved it. I loved the whole journey. The, not only the people, but the different areas we met, from the middle of nowhere to, you know, middle of cities where complete strangers would just lend us their car because, you know, we had to go and get a part or something and we are on push bikes and they felt sorry for us. And... A stranger? You, you borrowed a car from a stranger? Yeah, we, we turned up... This is what you tend to do, sort of find places to stop as you go and, and you sort of tie up and go, oh, where are we? What are we doing? And and see, so we have an idea of our location as far as water's concerned, but not really as far as towns. And back then, you know, people had internet on their boats, but we didn't. We did everything on a shoestring budget. Um, so we sort of really didn't know where we were a lot of the time. <laughs> and so we'd roll up and then someone would come along and go, oh, is that an Australian flag? What are you, what are you doing here? And we'd talk to them and, and we'd say, oh, we need to get, you know, a left-handed doodah for the engine. Where, where would we get that? Could you tell us? And they said, oh, well, you know, here, there. How are you getting there? We said, oh, we've got push bikes. And they said, oh, no, I'll, I've got a spare car. I'll bring my keys around tomorrow. You can, you can have the car for a few days. Wow. Literally. Yeah, yeah, and that happened a few times. And it's a nice thing to remember in all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world at the moment on the news that actually individual people are really good people and kind and caring. Mm. You know, it's the very few that aren't, and it's just that what what we see on the news, sadly. I'm just looking at the map of it now. So you go through the Great Lakes, (laughs) you go up north from New York, and then you come back down through the Great Lakes. Oh, yes, yeah. So that's a number of states you went to. How, how how did you find the different states? Was there a difference between each place you went? Uh, yeah, I mean, on the whole, people were the same and, and lovely. We never had any trouble at all from anyone. Oh, except one person did untie our lines one night, which was sort of exciting, but I, I found them before we, <laughs> we went anywhere, I found out. What happened, was, so what happened there? Well, we just we were tied up place to be with P, can't remember, and it was actually near a prison, and um, we were a little bit twitchy, you know, not that we should be, but, you know, in, in an area that was a little bit maybe not as safe as others, and um, I'd actually gone for a lie down in the, the front cabin, it was hot, I thought, oh, a little snooze would do me good here, and looked out the hatch, don't know why, never normally did it, and was watching someone untying our, our lines, on the bow so I just sort of said all right and uh, he stopped and I actually I don't know why he sat on a bench and I walked out tied the boat up again but we didn't go anywhere and I just sat next to this guy and went what'd you do that for <laughs> and I thought what am I doing sitting next to this complete stranger he could have had a gun I know, I don't know why I did that I don't know he didn't say anything I think he just got up and walked off but I I just felt compelled to ask him but so nothing happened and we, no. we were fine. It was just extraordinary. I think, I think we were a bit sad by, you know, some of the rural towns that were dying because of cities and the big commercial shops that we've all seen everywhere, stealing you know, people with small businesses and small retail shops who can't compete with those big stores. So we saw a lot of that, which, which was quite sad. But generally people were just... Just extraordinary. Uh, you know, we saw everything. People that were struggling financially to the people that just had vast amounts of money would invite us onto their boat that was like a mega yacht. But they were all just lovely. So looking at this map, the um, 
the, the west part of the loop goes right down to the centre of America. Yes, yeah, you go right through America. So that part of that was the Mississippi and, and that was amazing because before we went on the Ohio at the end of the Mississippi, there was flood rains. Unfortunately, there was like this little island that we just managed to hide behind to get out the, the vast um, speed of the Mississippi running down and we had to anchor there for a few days while things subsided because I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a, like a super structure of, well, imagine the Panama Canal, you know, those big locks, they're mm. huge, great locks. Well, there are bigger ones on the Ohio, like bigger than the Panama Canal. And the floodwaters were so high, they were clean over the top of them completely. They were completely underwater, these locks. So, and running sort of eight, nine, ten knots, which we couldn't go against, you know, our little boat did five knots. So we had to sort of hide in this area for a few days, pulling trees off our anchor chain that were coming down the river. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad because we were off in a little behind an island, but we still had part of the, you know, part of the debris coming in. And then we, we eventually turned into the Ohio and we're going over a lock. And because of the tumultuous water, we just sort of stopped dead in the water we just couldn't make any way and and the barges that ply that, that trade up and down these waterways they're like a quarter of a mile long they are just enormous and so we had one come of them coming up behind us and i'm like we, well, we've got to move pretty quickly because this thing's huge but we just uh, luckily we had a good engine and, and noel was fantastic and he just put the throttle down and oh actually he started weaving as if we were sailing just started tacking left and right and that sort of broke us out of the the current and the hold and we managed to get over this massive superstructure that was underneath us it was um it was bizarre the mississippi would be a fairly busy river because you've got all that commercial traffic did you see any of the big paddle wheelers you must have yeah we saw a couple uh, but because it's so big we didn't see that many um and it wasn't wasn't a problem for us the 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 traffic wasn't anything that we worried about it was just the the currents really and dealing with them um finding anchor safe anchorages each night um one night we because we we towed a little dinghy we tried to put it on deck most of the time but while we were motoring we could tow it and we anchored one night and i dropped a fender overboard and um they were pretty precious to us we we, we were sort of doing this all on a smell of an oily rag so the fender sort of took off down the river and again without much thought I jumped in the dinghy sort of Jane Bond style and hurtled down the Mississippi in a tiny little Sabo sailing dinghy with a sort of two horsepower motor to retrieve this fender and I, I managed to retrieve it and turn back and then I was like well how am I going to get back this river's <laughs> this river's pretty ferocious but I just managed to get near the shore and find a bit of a counter current and get back to the boat and sit down and wonder why I'd sort of risk my life for a little bit of plastic. <laughs> That's what you do with instinct, I suppose. So what sort yeah. of things did you do along the way on this? What sort of places did you stop at? The, the Carolinas come to mind. So you you sort of end up um, puttering through sort of marshland and um, there's parks to walk in and, you know, lots of... Uh, 
dolphins and sea and all the wildlife down these little inlets and places we sort of puttered through was amazing. It was just full of it, just teeming with life. And you sort of end up turning off at night off the main channel and going up these little inlets, sort of just sort of finding your way. Your boat becomes the depth sounder because there's no survey of the water once you get off the main channel. And you sort of anchor in the middle of nowhere. I've got some extraordinary pictures. It looks like we've anchored in a paddock because we're just in a little bit of water. And then we sort of, you know, get in the dinghy and find somewhere to safely put the dinghy in, sort of see if we can find someone on shore and say, is there a shop nearby? <laughs> if, if we needed one. I mean, it was quite nice to just sort of go and explore in town or locals. And sometimes we just find a, a little business in the, in the Carolinas somewhere. We found this... I think what they were doing, but just this little factory, really tiny little shed, and they had this business running, and there wasn't any shops around, but we just sat and talked to them, and they gave us some iced tea, and I think they might have given us a bit of food to take home. I don't know whether we looked hungry or what, but, you know, just meeting these people that you would have never had a chance of meeting any other way and just having a cup of tea with them. Oh, that's so nice. That's a lovely Mm. memory. It is, and yeah, there's a special, that particular journey was so special to me. It just, it was just so different, and just seeing inland America, um, you know, aside from from Washington and New York, which was just extraordinary, walking around there saying, oh, we've we've sailed here, you know, we've come here on a boat from Australia, and experiencing the cities, but also those places that you have no idea exist, and these people just living you know on the same planet but we'll never meet again and would have never met unless we'd done this no no it's just one of those <laughs> you gotta ba- you gotta thank that old guy for even suggesting it were there many people doing it um not too many and I, I you know I we didn't meet that many people doing it you meet people that are living in certain areas of the world the, the Great Lakes in Canada no one anchors or they didn't when we were doing it and you know they're all going the marinas and they are just the most beautiful little bays you just anchor in and some days we'd think the world had ended because there's no one there except us so they're all in marinas and of course we're set up to live on the boat so i guess it's a bit different we've got all our systems in place but so you sort of meet people along the way, but they're sort of in their areas doing their thing. We didn't meet many that were actually doing the same journey as us, and I'm I'm sure now there's a few more doing it, but there's the Great Loopers Association, and they make a big deal about giving people a, a flag and recognition when, when they've been they've done the whole loop. They're loopers. Oh, you're a looper. I'm a looper. <laughs> and you've got, you've got a little certificate and a little flag, just prove no, it. No, we haven't, because I didn't know this thing existed. We were so, I sort of learned about this since, I'm back, since we're back. We were so insular and our communication was so basic. We had, we had HF radio, which was a long-range radio, which we used in organised schedules crossing oceans with other boats. Um, but that was no use to us inland. Um, we didn't even have a mobile phone. We had, so we had a little, <laughs> we had a little short-range radio, and you know what we turned up with was, and who we met was our only communication of what we knew what was happening. And we sort of just did all this because we thought it was a good idea. We we didn't sort of research what it 
was in regards as a, a group, just as in regards to where is it safe to go and what do we need to prepare. So what year did you do this? 2004. 2004. Okay, oh. so the technology was there in 2004. I, I just, you know, made a decision. A, we couldn't afford it back then, really. Um, and B, you know, whilst my parents wanted me to have a satellite phone, I sort of didn't want it because if my mum rang and I didn't answer it, she'd think the worst. And actually, I liked being away and cut off. Mm. I really, really enjoyed that. Did you say you've written a book about your adventures? Yes. What's it called? So what I did first, I wrote Cruises AA, um, and that's a that's a practical manual on living on board and all the elements and you know tips and advice. So that was the first one. But then I wrote Of Foreign Build. That is is a pretty thick book because I wanted the entire journey of around the world in this book for us. So that includes the Great Loop um, and and the whole. Uh, time on Mariah 2, which was our boat then. So f- from Australia to Australia, so sort of nine years of um, sailing, that, that adventure, that whole adventure that Noel and I did together. Um, um, and on that boat, we actually went through the middle of France as well, which was another another great trip. The first boat you did America with, you also went through France, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all foreign build, including all that as we went round the planet um, the route took us, we sort of going on the the outside, we went the Mediterranean through the middle of France to England, you know, and then carried on round after we earned some money. And when we got to America, we just, we diverted then, we did the Great Loop before we carried on through the Panama. Um, and then on our second boat, I wrote This Is It, and that was from America to Australia, two years. Most people I speak to, they kind of do the, you know, UK down past Spain and Portugal, over to, oh. the, over to the Caribbean, through the Panama, you know, the Galapagos, I'm knowing it all now, um, up to, <laughs> down to the French Polynesia, all through to Australia and up through Asia. So yeah. the fact that you've done this, this big American trip is a little yes. bit different to what most people do. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think what really struck me was the, the lack of information. And, you know, you just had these maps. I'm, you know, we're very prepared on boats. We do everything right. You know, we need like to be safe. And so you're just sort of following this trail. And as I said, no communications. We didn't really know what was nearby on our, on our books with this trail of canal we sort of followed there might be a black dot that might say shop and we're like oh well it might be a shop there but it might be a factory it might might not Mm. have food so it was sort of a big exploration and you just sort of when you anchored at night you just sort of nudged your way off the the main channel and hoped you didn't hit anything run aground and, and find somewhere to anchor but when they when they got something like tornadoes you're a bit stuck. There was one time we were going along this narrow channel and either side, obviously enough room for the boat, but quite close to us, either side, there was cut off trees and they were just sort of a couple of feet above the waterline. You know, very dangerous for a boat. So, you know, we just kept in the middle and there was these hundreds of trees down the channel either side. And we had a, a local radio station on and suddenly an alarm went and they said warning warning tornado and we knew it was local because we had the local radio station on but they were talking in suburbs 
And we didn't have any information on suburbs. I couldn't have told you what suburb we were in in a fit. It was like mm. counties in um, the UK, and they might have called them counties. So you, ha- you had information, but just enough to worry, but not enough to actually be able to act on. Yeah, we had no idea where this thing was. We just knew it was local to us. <laughs> and in the distance, we could see some black clouds. But then we went, well, it doesn't matter where it is, because what the hell would we do? Like, we're in the middle of a channel. There is nowhere else to go. And there are trees either side of us. Like, we can't, like, saying, stop and take shelter. Get in your basement. Yeah. Get off the road. And, and we're like... Oh, Tom Tittle, you know, we can't park. Haven't got a basement. (laughs) Can't can't get off the road. (laughs) (laughs) So we just sort of looked at each other, shrugged our shoulders and carried on. You know, we just, we couldn't do anything else. So we, we, we carried on and and thankfully we didn't, we didn't see it. But it just struck me how little information we had in that regard. You're laughing Um, now, but it probably wasn't funny at the time. It was a bit bit tense for for a little while until, you know, we realised we must be in the clear. It was uh, just probably the worst place we could have been at the time. That's all for this episode of Yachting Yarns. We'll catch up with Jackie and Noel next time as they become heroes in the Cook Islands, confront the pirate problem while travelling near the Suez Canal and sail around the Mediterranean before heading home. That's next time on Yachting Yarns. I'm Linda Woods. Bye for now.